Hey, you're listening to the Ohioan on a Wednesday, May 26th. Right, it's Wednesday, right, Brandon? It is Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, and welcome, Brandon. I didn't give you an introduction. Uh, Brandon's with me. I am losing track of the days. I, you know, I, I think it's because we're so busy. I think I'm getting old. I think that's my problem. I think that's the first sign of old age. Pretty soon I'm going to be forgetting everything, Brandon. It's not going to be good. Yeah, I, for some reason yesterday I kept thinking tomorrow was going to be Thursday or something. So, nope. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday. I, I literally was in the shower this morning, and I was kind of thinking about stuff I had to do for work, a podcast interview I wanted to get done. And I'm thinking, well, it's Thursday. i got to make plans. And halfway through, I'm like, oh, no, I think it's Wednesday. So, oh, it's tough. That's how much you think too much in the shower, I guess, though. <laughs> well, but today is an exciting day, Brandon. We're finally here. Uh, it's like Christmas. You never think it's going to happen, but it's here. Tonight at 729, we're drawing the Vaximillion winner. Oh, man. Are, are, are you watching, Brandon? Uh, yeah, it's if it's the drawings only a minute, uh, fine, uh, let's do it. Yeah, and you've got to be the first to know. I mean, I, I'm kind of wondering, I'm assuming not everybody's going to win it. I'm assuming that, you know, maybe you get called away or you're on a phone call because, again, it's a minute. You, know, you can easily forget. I wonder how quick you'll know if you didn't watch it if you were the winner. Like, are they calling you right after the drawing if you win? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, um, yeah, it's like, and the winner is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they should give some heads up. I, I think it's uh, this reminds me when I used to cover um, – I used to, I did a, I was in Delaware and they had a teacher of the year award that the mm -hmm. state of Ohio always gives out every year or something like that. And, uh, it was funny cause I heard like, um, um, that teacher knew ahead of time when they announced it to the students, um, because like the su uh, state superintendent at the time told us like, yeah, we used to, we used to tell, we used to tell them used to like tell they would, the teacher would find out or, or right at the, right at that moment, like at the time of announcement, they had no right. idea, but we realized that they didn't have enough time to prepare like a thank you speech or, or, um, or, you know, they were so overwhelmed, you know, it's like, it, it was, it didn't really wasn't effective. So that's why they give them like a much further heads up, heads up so they can like, uh, like uh give a give an acceptance speech sort of kind of thing but um maybe they i don't know if they'll necessarily do that for the the winner of tonight's uh vax million but you would think hey maybe you want to uh start start uh, start disconnecting from those uh lost relatives tell them they're you know right. cut the cut the cord on on the on those uh uh, uh folks that always keep asking you for money <laughs> or start hiding start preparing plan a getaway bag uh, find a safe house. Uh, tell your uh, loved ones uh, goodbye. We'll never see each other again. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe a some heads up might be warranted, but um, but that would take out the fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, because you know we've talked enough about Maximilian over the past what two weeks here on the podcast, and you, you know for work, um, you know we're, I'm sure we're going to be having a lot of Maximilian stories today and a lot of coverage tonight. But you know I'll be off work at that time. I, I'm chasing around two kids, trying to help my wife out. It's quite possible, as much as I'm thinking, man, I got to watch this, I got to watch this, I might miss it live. You know, I'm, I, I'm sure it'll be on YouTube right away and everything else. And if only 53% of the eligible people actually signed up for the drawing, I think it's quite likely that your winner may not know right away. You know, so it, it's going to be really interesting. Ah, well, I think with the advent, I mean, unless the person's really kind of on the older demographic side, uh, you know, even still then, like, they're more likely to, um, you know, more likely to have Facebook probably um, and access it and get get the news that way. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think um, can you imagine I'm what sure a lot of people will be tuning in. 
Can you imagine what that Facebook site is? Because, Brandon, I'll admit it here on this show. I mean, yeah, if we could get the winner on here, yeah, we'd love to get the winner on here. I mean, chances are I'm looking up the Facebook account of whoever wins right away, you know, assuming they have a Facebook account. Man, can you imagine what the Facebook wall is going to look like for the person who wins? It's going to be crazy. A lot of congratulations, a lot of, hey, can you give me 20 bucks? I mean, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, someone's going to be like, I'm coming right over, uh, you know, uh, with a shovel. I'm going to bury a ditch there and trip over it. <laughs> um, that's yeah, what, so that's what your... I probably tell my friends. Yeah, sorry sorry about that. Well, I was going to say, check your Facebook settings. You know, you, you might want to um, make sure you can have to prove who goes in your Facebook wall, just in case you might win, you know? Maybe that's something everyone should do today. Yeah, that, that's that's probably a good advice there, I would admit, yeah. And also, if you're on Twitter, man, check your notifications. I, I bet you, you know, you're going to find on Twitter, I'm sure there'll be a lot of notifications for you. So, yeah, you're going to be a, a, a pretty wanted person. Uh, the other thing, again, I think we've been over most everything that at least I've seen in the news. But here's another detail I saw. I'm looking at this NBC4i story. Um, you know, they drew the name, so I would assume that every you know, we have a winner. I'm assuming they verified them, so somebody knows that. I always wonder, uh, Brandon, how many people know who won? You know, I mean, it's got to be a pretty close to guarded secret. I mean, whoever is verifying wins, and whoever from a lottery drew the name knows, so I would assume there's at least two people out there that know. Um, here's the other thing that was interesting, Brandon. I, I like the fact that they're doing it on Monday, so there's not the embarrassment of you know drawing Jim Jordan's name or or somebody that'd be interesting. But I, I'm wondering, maybe we should do everything live. I'm looking at this NBC Four I story, and they're saying they're going to draw a winner and up to a hundred alternates using a random number generator, and then you know the high Department of Health verifies their vaccination status. Wouldn't that be fantastic if live on TV they draw the number one and they draw 100 alternates and you see the verification process live? And you don't have to vaccine shame anybody. Just say, hey, it's John Smith is the winner. Let's make sure he has the vaccine. They call the place and they say verified or not verified. You know, you don't need to shame the guy. Man, wouldn't that be fascinating to watch that on live TV? I think it'd still be streaming, Chris. Like, sorry, but, uh, um, you know, like just saying, oh, John Smith wasn't vaccinated. Uh, moving on to the next one. Like, it, you know, there's no way to, that's just like, like that's minuscule shaming. But um, plus, I think verification doesn't take that, probably would take a lot longer. Okay. I don't have confidence in, um, in them do, being able to conduct that uh, in real time. But um, yeah. That would be, um, um, it makes sense just to kind of get this ver vetted, all these uh, drawings vetted way before the announcement. Um, it's well, just going to make, make be a lot easier. I guess here's my question. Would you be interested to know if you were one of the 100 alternates? Um, it sounds like a long list and a long wait time just to know if you're going to get a, uh, um drawn so i i don't know i think um yeah i don't know uh I, either way well how the state's doing about it is fine it's i don't <laughs> think it's <needs> tweaked <laughs> i think brandon may have won he's being very defensive of the state you know <laughs> state's like hey we know you're a podcaster <laughs> just talk us up they'll be good <laughs> i gotta be careful because i could win and everyone's gonna come back to this and say look yeah. conspiracy or something i got so uh, I won't be making any jokes about this because it'll be taken the wrong way later. <laughs> well, so um, I've got conspiracy theory. Today should have been the day we should have had Dan Tierney back on. I'm wondering if Dan Tierney knows who won or not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> does Dan Tierney want to know who won? Well, you know, um, uh, it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, you know, he works closely with DeWine and you know, in talking to Tyra Buchanan the other day, you know, Tyra's talking about who he thinks 
would be good for DeWine if they won. Like like Tyler was saying, it would do probably the best for a cause if whoever won was like somebody in their 30s who wasn't going to get vaccinated. They, they chose to get vaccinated with the announcement of the lottery. And boy, here's somebody that would have gotten vaccinated otherwise. And congratulations. And he thinks that if somebody like that would win, that would even spark more interest in getting vaccinated over the next four weeks of his lottery. So... Uh, it, it's interesting. So I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the governor, just out of curiosity, wants to know who won. You know, what's their story? Is it a young guy, old guy, young woman, old woman? You know, I mean, you gotta be curious, I guess, if you're the governor, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, those are all good points. You want like someone that probably would help fit the narrative of, uh, oh, I got, you know, I got the, I, I, I was. Um, uh, vaccine. I got the vaccination when I heard about this contest. So it would kind of validate the process for sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the governor's going to be happy whoever wins. I don't think the governor's going to be disappointed. But I, I mean, we were talking about in theory who would be the best person to win that in terms of what the governor's trying to do. So very good. So we will uh, watch tonight, and I'm sure. I got feel we're not going to have whoever wins on tomorrow, but I'm sure we'll have some more talk tomorrow about who won, what's the process like. Um, already media members are clamoring to see who, if they can find out who it is and get the first interview. So um, I'm always interested in that. So there'll be more to talk about tomorrow with the vaccine lottery and Brandon will be here tomorrow. If, if we win the vaccine lottery, uh, will you come on the show tomorrow if you win? Hey, Brandon. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Um, seeing who won, and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, but you will come on the show tomorrow if you're the winner, right? Hello. Yeah, hey, Brandon, you're going to come on the show if you win tomorrow or tonight, right? Uh, can you hear me, Chris? Hey, Brandon. <laughs> I think we might be having some audio issues with Brandon. Brandon, can you hear us now? <clears throat> All right, Brandon, why, why don't you reset and... Um, uh, uh, it looks right like back. a delay. Um And we're waiting uh, to hear back from Brandon. Um, uh, having a little bit of te technical difficulties this morning. Um, it happens. Um, you know, uh, Brandon's having a little bit of computer issues. So, um, yeah, let's keep talking. So, Vaxman will be on tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow either way. Um, I don't know. I, it'd be fun to win. <laughs> Uh, we're not sure if we're going to win or not, but uh, it should be good to see what happens with the Vaximilian Lottery tonight. And so it, sh it should be good. Um, as we're hearing, uh, Brands has some audio issues today. So, uh, Brand, let us know if you can hear us, and you know I'll keep talking. Um, let me give you a couple good pieces of advice as we wait for Brandon. Yeah, um, I can hear you. Okay, you're there. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's go to our first commercial on uh, Brandon and you know Chase Bank. Um, you know, if you win that Vaximilian lottery, maybe you don't have a bank. Maybe you're like, man, I got to change my bank to put my money in. Uh, Chase Bank is a good option. Um, you know, sign up for an account. Use our podcast provider page. Use our website. Um, set up your account. Uh, attach direct deposit and you're in and you'll have 225 bucks too. So man, just think by tomorrow morning, you could have a million dollars, a million and $225 in your account. So uh, check out Chase Bank if you win or even if you don't win. Uh, it's another good option for your banking. If you're looking to switch banks, uh, Chase is offering 225 bucks. If you um, set up your account and 
attach a direct deposit to it. So check out Chase Bank. We're excited about it. And also, um, Ashley Home Store. Hey, if you win that lottery or if you don't, you know, maybe you got a raise at work. Maybe uh, you got some extra money somewhere else. Maybe you saved up enough to buy a piece of furniture. Check out Ashley Home Store. If you click on the link on our podcast page, um, you're going to get savings right away. Um, use that savings. And you might say, ah, with COVID, I'm not sure if I'm going into the store. Or I got a bunch going on. Um, I'll tell you, this week, I don't have any extra time. So if I'm going furniture shopping, I want to do it online. You can do that for Ashley Home Store. And you can also arrange for it to have it delivered to your house. So what better way of saving time, saving money, than trying Ashley Home Store out? So yeah, I think we got Brandon back. Can you hear us better now, Brandon? Yes. I think you got a delay. Are, are you recording this this morning from Iraq or are you, are you overseas? <laughs> I'm having some Wi Fi issues, man. Okay. Very good. <laughs> well, we will keep uh, slogging on and see if we can get you back here. Um, let's move on to our next story. I'm a little bit not clear about what's happening um, here. The Ohio Republicans are introducing a bill to ban teaching of critical race theory um, here in Ohio. Um, I guess what they're alleging is there is a educational process that really asks students to kind of think a little bit more uh, closely about their feelings, about where how they feel about race and, and what their background or upbringing is. Um, you know, I'll briefly tell you my story. I mean, I personally, for me, I grew up in a town where there were very few people of color. Uh, the town had a really bad reputation, especially in the past, of being not friendly people of color. Um, there was arguments about, was there crosses burned on lawns? I, I don't know about that. But it was a town that, if you're not white, they weren't friendly to, which wasn't a good thing. And because of that, you know, the people of color I've gotten to know over the years, the dear friends I've had, sadly, I haven't been able to meet those, um, anybody of color, until, unfortunately, after I moved out of town, which is sad. And I think because of that, I didn't really think too much of how... Unfortunately, in our country, we've treated people of different races differently. Um, you know, we've seen that. I mean, if you listen to the podcast at all, um, you know, we've talked about issues with police departments and how they handle people of different color. And, you know, there's issues all over society. And I, I don't know. Brandon, part of education to me is you need to learn all about what's around you. And I think we're getting to a point where it's so political right now that we're saying, I want to know what I believe in, or I want my kids to know what I believe in. And I, I think you make a problem if you go too much in one direction, but we need to learn about race in our society. We need to learn about different things. And I, I'm questioning where we say, no, we're not going to teach this. We're not going to teach this. Well, if you don't want to teach it, you don't understand what's happening. I'm not sure where we're getting to the point where we're saying, hey, we're not going to teach this at all. I mean, it's I'm a little baffled by what the point of his opposition is. Yeah. Um, critical race theory has been a loaded term that came up during the Trump administration after uh, the New York Times put out a um, – piece of journalism work called the 1619 project um you know it's um kind of trying to change sort of change rework the narrative of how of of um of of the effects of slavery in american history and in the after effects that go on that might still be experiencing to this day uh 1619 project um is caught was controversial when it came out um and you know became a lightning rod for a lot of uh, conservatives who may not agree with with the, some of the conclusions or some of the uh, judgment calls of about american history um and so 
you know, I've looked it up a, a few, you know, there seems to be some, some, uh, some, some some historians have had even some historians have criticized the the piece of work um and the people behind it have defended it vigorously and um i think rather than getting into the weeds of what's 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 uh what what was uh being um disputed over i think in broader in broader terms um you know the debate about to me what saddens me is like just how we're trying to sanitize education or really try to keep it as plain um, and, um, you know, uh, feel good and happy. Um, you know, I, I've seen so much bending over uh, of trying to find a way to make our founding fathers look like the good guys, um, even though they were slave owners, even though they were, even though, um, you know, they were men, they were not saints, they were not prophets, of the American religion, they were men um, who disagreed with their their version of the elite at the time, which was England, um, and um, you know, set a course for independence, um, and then afterwards had to figure out how uh, they can all get along. Um, as uh, as a new nation um there's just and it, it it's sort of there's been so many things that can make the debate even more um yeah t uh, intense because uh, you know there's a statue debate with the confederate soldiers there's all these things um that have been there under the service for years um but um you know, it's coming to it came all to a head sort of over the last four years. Um, and I think um, I remember my edu I remember being in school and I think, you know, you know, there was some pretty good, good lessons about um, about, you know, American history in the most objective of terms. Um, but I was really surprised at some things I didn't learn about uh, that came up over the last over the last past year or so particularly like uh things that weren't taught in school like juneteenth was like really a big thing last year and um never heard of it never heard really heard about this before never really never really was brought up or about what what the events was that led to the inspiration for that holiday um the tulsa mat race massacre um an event not brought up in school there are so many gaps there but i even think it's funny because textbooks have always been this battle frontier between conservatives and liberals uh if you look at a texas tech conservative book it might be quite different from a one in california and what saddens me though is that too much government involvement with textbook textbooks in a way and i think if anything we should just get rid of textbooks and really just you know, let teachers, um, you know, take take charge and try to frame the debate um, in in the most um, uh, unrefined terms as possible. Um, you know, we have the tools now to where kids can now go out and research um, and learn 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 the history um, and try to teach them the value of primary sources and documents. Looking at the secondary sources that critically analyze them um rather than just trying to um go try to create structure a narrative of 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 sort of this dichotomy of oh we have our founding fathers were the good guys and they fought off against the british and blah 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 it just that dichotomy doesn't work anymore it's it, it's um uh, but i think people um get upset with critical race theory because it's just it seems like oh you're making me feel bad about my history of my country i love i love my country like stop <laughs> uh well, here's the thing that baffles me you look at the outcome of this education or other types of education like I could have an issue if they're saying hey once you learn this um education you got to realize that you're scum and you should become slaves. Like the white people should become slaves to people of color. 
you know, let's bring that back because we mistreated people. So now we need to become slaves. Or if they said, hey, you need to take 80% of all the money you have, all your possessions, and give it away. Because you're scum, because your ancestors mistreated people of color, and we still mistreat people of color today. I mean, if that was the case, I could say, hey, this is taking a little bit of a step too far. But even though I may not agree with every conclusion by this training, all we're saying pretty much, or all the education is saying is, hey, take a critical look about how minorities have been treated across the country throughout history and think about that. And why are we, and when I say we, I'm talking about the Republicans who sponsor this bill and everybody else who seems opposed to that. I mean, Brandon, it's a thought. I, I mean, all they're saying is, hey, you know, think about how we've treat, mistreated minorities over the years. And we, we don't want to teach that. It's funny because I think a lot of people who love their constitution don't really read it. Um, or they don't even understand, like, the process that led to that document. Um, yeah. Like, the, there was people defending the three-fifths compromise and saying it was actually helpful to lead to the to the abolishment of slavery, which made no sense at all. Um, you know, um, that was that was like um, a, a compromise of, you know, of um, between free states and slave states saying slave states were saying, hey, we need we need you to count our slaves for our population totals, our population totals that will be used to determine how many uh, House of Representatives seats we get. Um, and we're like, well, we can't count them as one. We'll, you know, but fine, we'll count them as three-fifths person. So imagine that. They're like, that to me, it was anything that gave more power to the slave states. Um, and I don't understand how people in their mind can say logically, oh, this is uh, this was this was a good thing. I don't get that. Um, but so that's one example. But then it came comes in. You see how many it just it reveals about how more how more polarized and more partisan a lot of state legislatures are across the country. Um, and it, but I think what it amuses me is again that that struggle that strive to make it to sanitize the edge to the history and make it look make the founding fathers look as good. Um, and I I'm just like look I'm not out going to be out there saying let's tear down Washington's monument. I don't think that's that's ridiculous in my opinion. I think that would just destroy the um, that's just not it's just it doesn't really add anything. It doesn't really resolve any of our issues today it's not it should be low on the totem pole i think if anything it's more important to um um you know focus more on the issues of today rather than getting all worked up over um what we're necessarily teaching our kids i mean this was the same hubbub we have we've had over the years about uh teaching evolution in schools and honestly um, you know, I've had teachers in the class who've taken a very cognizant, conscious approach of saying, trying to, um, explain, you know, explain in, in academic terms about, well, you know, religion's religion and, um, there's more of a faith aspect to it. So, but we're here to just talk about, you know, science is more of an evidence-based approach to understanding the world. Um, doesn't mean science is right. Doesn't mean doesn't mean um, it's just saying this is the approach and this is these are how you draw your conclusions. And I think that's a very important skill for kids to learn is, you know, be critical thinking. You know, that's the that's the very skill you want every human being to have is to be able to look at the news and the data and the reports and just critically think what's being what's being said. Um, it's you just know. that I think we have uh, an ideology in our back of my mind as our guiding light that um, often is where we get tripped up over. And I can imagine, you know, in my opinion, there's education that may not be appropriate for certain times in life. Perfect example. My daughter's eight. Okay. I want my daughter to make responsible and moral decisions about sex in the future. Now, because of that, 
I don't think eight is a good age for her to learn that in school today. You know what I mean? But I say no to that because I say, as an eight-year-old, I don't think she's at a place where she understands what's going on. But if I'm sitting here, and if it's my daughter, the other boy in my house, or whoever it is, if I'm if I'm if I'm sitting here realistically and saying, Brandon, I'm not sure if we should learn this in school, or if let's say we, we talk a lot about uh, injustice and you know minorities being mistreated over the years here on this podcast. Could you imagine? I mean, what would the perception be if you just said, Chris, we can't talk about this. I don't want to learn about this. And I mean, I hate to blankly call a bunch of people racist, but what are you if you don't even want to entertain the idea or even listen to another idea? I mean, that's all we're talking about. We're not talking about reparations. We're not talking about uh, forced you know, servitude. We don't even want to hear the idea about how maybe minorities have been mistreated in the past. And to me, that's stunning. I mean, that really is. Yeah, I, I think it's um, – and I think that's the bigger – bigger. Um, that's what I think the concern or what makes what makes it – what makes it – what, make, what politicians like to bring this up, especially at the state level across the state is um, – you know, it's um, I think it's partisan politics, cultural war politics are much more heightened at the state level. Uh, state legislatures, I think, are a lot more partisan, a lot more ideological um, from just from the kind of bills they pa have passed over the years. Um, they're really kind of the ones spearheading the charge and um, and that's causing a lot of rankle in the courts at times. But um, um, I think. Uh, that um, that um, you know, at the same time, they're 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 taking advantage of that because they know their constituents probably have concerns about that, and um, um, and so there's always there's always been this this a lot of folks you know uh, have believed like oh the government's putting out an agenda oh it's rolling out an agenda um, it's um, it's um, it's trying to, it's targeting me. It's targeting me. And I honestly do not, uh, do not believe that. I think, um, you know, this, um, you know, I have family members who think, oh my gosh, they're, the government's right after it's, it's go, targeting Christians, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's, um, oh no, <laughs> that's, that's not, I don't think that's the case at all. And, um, well, in, but in a case like this, saying, hey, think critically about the way we've treated people of color. I mean, as a Christian, you should be like, yeah, let's do that because we should treat and love everyone the same. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't, I, I don't know. I'm... Uh, I have a, I have a, rel one of my relatives was um, telling a story about how his stepson had come home from school and said, and his stepson said, the pilgrims are stupid, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, they were, uh, and then like my uncle, uh, took very much offense to that. Thanks. The pilgrims are the greatest things in Swiss cheese, you know, but you know, even though well, there were a lot of negative impacts uh, for native Americans, um, and, um, um, just a lot of uh, issues with amongst the pilgrims. I mean, I imagine there a lot of the. I read some of the primary documents about some of the early pilgrims for, to America. Uh, they were not kind to even to their own people. <laughs> right. uh, you know, like there was, they would uh, go and um, kick kick some people out if they weren't falling in line with the Puritan values, um, and that's just for primary source doc documents. And, and let's look at it from this way. We're all sinners. We all have done good things in our life, and we've all done awful, horrible things in our life. Well, why can't we look at history that way? I mean, yeah, the, the pilgrims came over, you know, found a new land, and set up a colony. Great. You know, whatever. You know, and that's how most of us came here. Great. But as they did that, there were a bunch of icky stuff that happened. So when you look back at their history... You've got to tackle good stuff. And you've got to tackle bad stuff. And if you don't, you're not looking at history. I mean, man, it, it, Brandon, if, if people talk about our lives 50 years after we die, 
if you're really critically looking at us, what we did, there's going to be good stuff and there'll be bad stuff. Those are human beings. And that's how you have to value history. We're all human beings. We've done good stuff. We've done bad stuff, you know? I don't know. It, it's and, and these culture wars. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, morality is... Yeah, I mean, morality is kind of relative in, in that sense, but um, I would, you know, but I, I think people get really touchy about that too, just saying, like, give it's, it comes off as giving a pass to the founders. But I think it's like, you know, that's what I love about the Hamilton uh, musical that came out um, on Disney Plus last year. I, the first time I ever got to watch it, I never got to see it in live, but, um, and so when it was, everyone was talking about Hamilton, I'm like, why is everyone so immersed with this Hamilton production? But really, truthfully, Hamilton is sort of a meta, meta, metaphor or meta, uh, fictional tale that kind of speaks to the times of today. Uh, it really kind of analyzes, it really kind of, it's almost satirical about how the founding fathers in that, in that play were really obsessed with their legacy. Um, but also just kind of like keeping in mind, look, there these are folks that were just thinking about trying to create a better future for their generate their future generations. And so I think it sort of speaks to this one side that wants to kind of kind of how they view the past or keep the past um, um, you know, how we honor the past in a way, like um, you know, in in a probably an unhealthy way. Um almost worshiping kind of way. And I don't think that's the right way to go, but it's just to really be the most important thing we can look at to our history is just saying, you know, um, is um, just realize, have the realization and the, in the, in the uh, appreciation that, you know, they were trying to make uh, uh, the decisions they made were towards a better future. And that our goal today is not to like, try to preserve the status quo necessarily, but just try to, again, fight for that, better future for tomorrow uh and you know we got whatever and that future has got to be you know it's like you know heck in our the preamble of the constitution is the point of government is to promote the general common welfare so we gotta you know if the, right now the the common welfare is not acceptable to some people it's not it's not where it needs to be um and so that's the debate we're having in all these kind of issues particularly surrounded around race um very difficult topic to to discuss, especially between you and me, two white guys. Who? What do we know? But, um, you know, I think. Um, well, I think exactly what you just said is why we need to be open to learn, and we need to be open to continue the conversation. Yeah, we're, we're two, you know, or, older white guys. You know, what do we know? Well, because of that, we need to be open to discussion. If we're two old white guys sitting here going, oh, man, we don't need to hear about this stuff. Forget critical race theory. Okay. Then what What do our critics say? Hey, you're white. You're going to say that because you're white. Now, and I've seen some people on Facebook go completely the other way where because of regret and everything, you know, they spend all their lives going, oh, we screwed up, we screwed up. No, there is redemption, there is grace, there is forgiveness, but part of that is just really understanding how you treat people, take action, and do it better. I mean, that's you know what life's about, pretty much. And I don't know, it's it's interesting, but I'll I'll close with this thought, you know, because yeah. I've tried to make sense of it, but just that I remember my teacher one time in his history class, you know, he. Or actually, I think it was government class, but he said there, are th you know, essentially like three kinds of people in, when it comes to politics in America, essentially. Um, there are those who love their country and think can, can do no wrong. There are folks who think who don't love their country or, you know, they've lost, they don't have or they or they simply think um, their country is it, America is a terrible country. It can do no good. It can do no right. And there are people who love their country. But recognize that we need to make we can't uh, that we need to make it better. Like we need to be always looking at ways to improve. And um, we've done that. Recognizing that you know we haven't done everything right. We haven't done everything perfect over in our history. But we want to. Um, but we doesn't mean that we um, uh, give up on the opportunity to be uh, better for tomorrow. 
And I think that's very healthy way of looking at it. Cause I, I didn't real when I, throughout my time as a journalist reporting, like I, when I would talk to people about this kind of issue with how we, you know, our history and whatnot, man, there are people who really think, you know, who really get upset if you trash the founding fathers. And I just was kind of, you know, amazed at this kind of uh, sense of reverence for that history. But um, I honest, honestly, though, I think you can still have for even those people, you know, great. You, you think the founding fathers are, are, are fantastic people. That's fine. But let's focus on the issues at hand today, too, and try to make sure that everyone's proud of this country. Yeah. And, and let's, let's stop the hero worship. I mean, it's okay to, to admire somebody. It's okay to, to say, boy, I respect George Washington. That's fine. I'm not saying we should hate everybody. But we get in this hero worship where our heroes could do nothing wrong. And, man, uh, like probably the closest I get that is I've always liked the work of John McCain. Now, I can tell you that John McCain was far from a perfect man. John McCain made a lot of mistakes. I admire John McCain now, but so when you admire somebody, you can't put them on a pedestal, but they can do nothing wrong. You've got to look at both aspects of your life and history and everything else. And, and you yeah, know, that, that's important. And, and honestly, think if you're so opposed to something, think about what you're really saying. And if you're opposed to teaching about race, what are you saying? Think about what you're saying to other people when you say, I don't want to hear this talk about race like that. You're saying, I don't want to think critically about that. So I, I think op opposing that really says about where you're at. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Um, hey, Brandon, uh, let's talk about our final topic, and then, and then we'll close for the day. We'll save the other two for another day. But uh, before we get there, just so you know, I, I like to – I uh, use a third break to kind of preview upcoming programming. Um, you know, uh, Brandon and I will be back on Thursday with discussing the daily news. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, we're going to have some uh, content that we've already recorded before, some pop culture, some faith discussion. Uh, Joe Frost and I uh, get silly as we talk about some of the goofiest stories around the country this week. Uh, you, we're going to have content. And then coming back next Tuesday, uh, we're taking Memorial Day off for the holiday. Uh, Brandon Craig and I will be back to discuss Ohio news and everything else that's going on. So uh, stay tuned for those shows. Um, you'll have content, even though if it's not live, you'll have content to keep you busy over the weekend. And as always, thanks for checking out the Ohio one. Um, Brandon, last, yesterday we spent some time talking about Lebanon. Uh, city in southwest Ohio in the uh, Cincinnati area, who was um, considering a ban on abortions. Uh, they had their meeting last night, and I didn't watch the whole thing. I caught a little bit of it because I was kind of curious to see what the tone of the conversation was. They did go ahead and approve the ban. Uh, they have seven people on their council. It was kind of interesting. Um, one person was opposed to it. She actually resigned before the meeting. She was upset about how the uh, council has handled the whole thing. So in essence, it became a 6-0 vote in favor of the ban. You know, I, I watched it. I listened to some of the council members talk. I think 99% of the people missed the whole point of what we were talking about yesterday. It turned out to be, you know, somebody got up and say, hey, you know, uh, women have the right to choose. And somebody else came up with sobbing about, Oh, abortion's horrible and everything else. As we talked about yesterday, it, it was a symbolic vote. And yeah, I, I listened. It, it was strange. There was a lot of really conservative Christians on the council, which is fine. I, I was surprised to hear so many on council, which, hey, I'm a conservative Christian myself. So I, I guess that's great. But I, I can understand what they were saying. They were saying, hey, if I'm against abortion, why would I support abortion? So, And they were looking at, if we don't approve this ban, in essence, we're throwing our weight behind abortion. So I, I understand the mindset of where they're coming from. But again, Lebanon is a small town in Ohio. How many towns are there in Ohio? There are, what, thousands of towns in Ohio. 
it doesn't mean anything in abortion ban Lebanon. There are now abortion clinics in Lebanon. I'm not even sure what the main hospital is in Lebanon. And if you're a young woman or a woman that's struggling for pregnancy, and you're like, well, I can't get my abortion here, what would stop them from driving out of town to a hospital out of town or abortion clinic out of town? So I guess I get the, hey, if you're that opposed to abortion, you feel like you need to do something, but it means next to nothing. And the other thing that bothered me, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, Brandon, is if you're a, in opposition to abortion, just don't say it. Just don't make it a political thing. Really try to do something about it. Help people out. Donate money. Um, have groups that can support women in need. Um, and really invest in it. Invest your time. Invest your money. Uh, talk to your church and say, look, we've got to really step up foster care. Become a, don't just yell about abortion. Go to these state house meetings and say, look, our foster care system sucks. We have to have a better foster care. And there was very little talk about it. It was just, hey, we're in Lebanon. We don't want abortions here, so we're going to close it. And again, in theory, I understand what they're getting at, but it doesn't, it's doing very little to slow down abortion in America. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a political statement and you know, I mean, hey, it gave Cincinnati Inquirer something to write about last night. Um, the YouTube was well viewed. A lot of people were in there. But if you're against abortion, nothing happened last night. I mean, it really was meaningless. It was a, a big grand show of politics and really did nothing to slow down abortion. And it's doing nothing to really help poor women in need. So I, I think it was just kind of sad. To be honest with you, everything was happening there. Just um, we had a good discussion yesterday about this, I think. But one point I want to seize on is I love love the one the dilemma. Appreciate the dilemma for a Christian how they should view this debate. Um, it really is an issue an issue that wedges their identity as both a Christian and an American. Um, I think, and I think there's always been this thread in here where the two where that's where people want to you know when you hear people say oh america is a christian country a nation or you know very christian militant militancy or christian fundamentalism kind of visions of what they want america to be but and so that's why they probably get very frustrated over when there's a group of people who, who really want to keep it neutral or really you know keep it um secular is not is the word that they would probably use but I mean, it's really just trying to be respectful to all different peoples of background. But to get back to my point is the, you know, an appreciation, you know, of how can I be I, a Christian, be someone who, you know, supports, um, you know, a, a simply, simply by not taking any action or voting, you know, to ban abortion or, you know, if I'm not in my, if I'm not in the seat of power, why, why would I not, not go out of my way to, you know, fight this, fight this issue that I believe is wrong. Um, and I, I appreciate that. And I think, uh, that question and dilemma, but I, I, I think it's, this is such a weird thing between conservatism and Christianity is conservatism keeps banging on the drum that government is the problem. Government cannot be the solution. Um, whether it's homelessness, whether it's poverty, whether it's, um, you know, foster adoption care system, whether any issue, name your issue, but abortion, oh no, government solution right there and then, an absolute prohibition style ban. Um, it, that always scratch makes me scratch my head. But I also think, you know, you know, I think folks who, are, and this is the thing, like the anti-abortion issue, being an anti-abortion, I think it's 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 I, I I respect that view. I understand where they're coming from, um, and I think that. Um, but I, at the same time, I also say, you know, don't make this an issue where we're. It's almost like our false idol. You know, we weren't we were not put on this earth to to stop abortions. We were put on this earth to spread the good news. Uh, as I speak that as as a very 
very uh as a very vexed christian myself but um um at the same time though i think it's you know we we need to provide america needs to be this place where people have enough room to make their own moral decisions and you know do the right thing to some degree um you know without violating other people's rights um to make the right decisions and to you know have their time when it's when their time on earth is up and over with but um you know i understand some people will say well you know by that logic you know why would you allow you could say everything's legal then killing pete killing another your neighbor if he ticks you off and whatnot but and that's why i say look the debate's got to be framed not in terms of necessarily a morality aspect it's termed strictly of political rights that our country was founded on that were inspired by the enlightenment thinkers the right to life the right to liberty the right right to pro property or as jefferson kind of uh poetically said the right to pursue happiness um you know how what and i think for me it's i always think of the um uh, the story of jesus you know he's taught teaching doing one of his teachings and someone asked him like what's the greatest commandment of them all you know which which commandment takes precedence and um jesus cleverly said all of them but in a mostly he just said you know the, the two commandments the first one was love the lord with all my heart mind and strength and the second one was love thy neighbors i love thyself technically that's his way of saying all of them are equally important because if you do those two things you can you'll essentially be following all of them i don't think we've had that moment though i mean as someone who's not a political philosopher I've, i had philosophy class i've studied hobbes i studied john locke but um i don't think we've had this idea of like which of the three natural rights of man right to life liberty and pursuit of happiness which right takes precedence and what and if you know this like i look to this mass debate and i say you know it this was a very good example of like what was you know our government was saying hey we, we're value valuing the life of seniors the life of of people with with at-risk conditions you know uh, chronic conditions like that's why we're saying wear a mask and a lot of people said no 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 my body my choice um that kind of issue and it's funny a lot of them probably were are anti-abortion it, to me it's like we have to strike a balance it's you know i think it's important to strike a balance between life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness or property or however you want to phrase it and um that's really the debate that as i think you as you said earlier the best way to tackle the issue might not just be like going for the government solution right away because you know heck we're not going for the government solution on a lot of things so we just i think um the current status quo is 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 fine uh, in terms of you know roe versus wade and states can restrict it to, to some degree and i think that's where the, where it's heading is supreme court's going to determine whether um state a lot of states can put in a essential an essential uh, a technical ban but um i think people just don't really understand a lot of the implications that the, that their decisions could produce very bad consequences but um that's where my thinking's at right now and i hope people might have like try to appreciate that but obviously people like to think of it in terms of emotional like all oh, this is this is a bad this is this practice is bad it's bad it's bad um but at the same time i wonder do i ask the do you really listen to the stories do you listen to people's experiences and um try to find it like a, a you know try to find um another solution outside of the government if you are truly a conservative so that's all i have to say well and i look at my life as a christian and yeah i'd like to see abortion go away i mean please don't listen to anything i said the past two days and say oh he's he's waffling he's you know he's pro-abortion no i'm not pro-abortion but as a christian whatever i say whatever my beliefs are on serious matters or goofy matters on which football team you should support or what's your favorite sport or what's your favorite hobby it's got to be done under the prism of trying to be more like christ in how i support each other and love my family and love other people um and i i guess what i'm saying is yeah, as a Christian, you're going to have feelings on abortion. You're going to have feelings on a bunch of different stuff. But 
being a Christian isn't just saying, I'm going to vote this way, or I'm going to uh, feel this way about a societal issue. It's more about how can you be Christ-like? Like, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be, like, the first day isn't going to be a bunch of anti-abortion meetings. It's going to be, how did you live your life? How did you love God? And how did you spread God's love to other people? I mean, that's the most important thing. So, yeah, because of that, you're going to have strong feelings about certain things. But part of that is how do you treat each other? Um, I, and, you know, we didn't put this issue to bed quickly, Brandon, but, um, you know, last night, uh, the Inquirer report was there, took a Twitter video of uh, people yell, yelling at each other outside the council chambers, you know. And so it definitely wasn't a you know, a, a kind conversation. I mean, they're screaming about their feelings about abortion. And I'm sitting there, and for all the people who claim to be Christian, I'm not doubting their Christianity, part of being a Christian and part of having a strong feeling about abortion or whatever is you got to treat others with kindness afterwards. Because it's not just saying, hey, I won on abortion, you know, uh, Lebanon's got banned. It's also based on how... What's your relationships like with those you don't agree with? Because our point is to try to lead other people to Christ. If I'm screaming at somebody about abortion and I end up, you know, yelling and spitting their face and everything, nobody wants to come to God for that. I mean, all this is another argument, which we're sick of. So how do you treat other people better? I mean, I guess that's the point. So I don't know, man. Lots of serious discussions, Brandon. Maybe we need to have, like, let's save the goofy stuff for tomorrow. Maybe we can end the week with some goofy things. I mean, I got some stories we need to talk about about food and everything else. I mean, it's good that we're discussing race and abortion and a bunch of serious topics, but we got to let our hair down a little bit. Should be good. So, anything you want to shout out before we uh, close for today? No, uh, I think, uh, I think, um, uh, I think we got we covered a lot of good ground today, and uh, um, we'll find out. Maybe the goofy thing will be finding out if one of us wins the Vaximillion. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to come on the show tomorrow and say, I won, or Brandon, you won. I mean, man. And, and you know, <laughs> so I won, guys. Here's my statement. <laughs> oh, yeah. What if we did this, Brandon? I, I, maybe we could both commit to this. If you or I win, what if we say to whoever asks us for an interview, says, hey, I'm not doing any interviews, but my comments will be on the Ohioan podcast. Could you imagine how many people would listen to us? And can you imagine, like CBS, like if they do a national story on it, they'll say, uh, Brandon said this about winning on the Ohioan podcast. The marketing, we've out of this world. What do you think? That's, that's the way to do it. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Uh. So Brandon and I are committing. If we win tonight, our first comments will be that. And instead of doing interviews all day tomorrow, we'll say, hey, here's the MP3 of the Ohioan. Use it however you want. And we'll talk all day about one of us winning the Ohioan. How about that? Uh, sounds like a plan. Now, you know what's going to happen. Craig's going to win, and Craig's on vacation. So, um, we get it. We'd call Craig up and tell him, you're getting on the show on your phone, sir. <laughs> yes, yes. If he wins the million, he is going on the show. That's. I, I got a bad feeling that if I win at 745, the dispatch is going to call asking to interview me. I, I think that's what's going to happen, but... I I don't want I don't want to have my bosses mad at me, you know, Brandon. Maybe, uh, okay, but so maybe we'll we'll have to do an emergency podcast tonight at seven forty if one of us win. Maybe we, we got to do it that way. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's not going to happen. I, I, I'm sure we don't have to worry too much about this. So, all right. Well, hey, have a great uh, Wednesday, everybody, and. Good luck to everybody who got vaccinated uh, on the Vaximillion contest. In all seriousness, if, you, if you're like, well, I haven't been vaccinated yet, consider getting vaccinated. Um, you know, thankfully, we're getting to a better spot where things are reopening with COVID. But stay safe. Get vaccinated. You might win a million bucks. Uh, I guess that's my shout for today. All right. Well, for Brandon, this is Chris. Hey, thanks for checking out the Highland. We really appreciate it. 
share us and um, keep checking our sponsors. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.